Welcome to Learning Through Math, the podcast. I'm Laura at I Teach the Why. I'm Karina at Mrs. Cousins 5. Our mission is to inspire ourselves and others to keep learning and improving with passion. And hugs. You can find us at learningthroughmath.com and on Twitter at Laura and Karina. Come and join us on this journey of learning. Thanks for joining us. We are recording this in February of 2023. And welcome to episode 99, What Should Planning Look Like? 99, Karina? Yeah, I know. What? It's crazy. <laughs> when, how did this happen? When did this happen? 99. It started in a pandemic. That's when it started. Well, yeah. <laughs> First, we want to give some shout outs. And I have two shout outs, and I know you have one shout out. I so- do. The first shout out I have is from Kennedy Worthington at Kennedy Worthy 10. She tweeted about last week's episode. I love that we have this available to us. It is such a cool world that we live in where we can have podcasts about math that help teachers and students. Thank you, Kennedy, for sharing that. And then also Dan Finkel at Math for Love. P.S. Dan, I own several Prime Climb and Tiny Polka Dot and Multiplication by Heart Kits and Games, just to let you know. Um, And thank you for making all those. He said about episode 98, really nice interview. Nice to hear so much that speaks to the reality of teaching and dealing with the system you're in. That was about episode 98. Yeah, the one that you weren't on. And I thought you were in Atlanta, but you were in Orlando. But it was, yes, yes. Dance competition with my daughter in Orlando. But you know what I loved about that episode? So a lot of things, I do want to just kind of reflect on that before I give my shout out since we're talking about it. Um, First, I loved the birds in the background. (laughs) (laughs) I I loved loved that she was outside and then, oh, it's birds. Um, But I also loved Carrie's like enthusiasm for coming back into the classroom. You know, you do forget being in it all the time, all the time, (laughs) that it is, there is magic that happens in the classroom that you lose when you're out outside of it. So it was nice to get those reminders of you know, just feeling her excitement to go back in and her excitement to try BTC and her excitement, you know, like just to try different things. I think you we we forget that. We take that for granted. And, you know, anyway, with the with the day-to-day stuff, you know what I mean. I do. It's, a, it's hard. It's hard. <laughs> it's a hard job. It's not easy. And every aspect of the job, like people think that Oh, if you're in the district office, it's cush. No. Now you've got the whole district that you're concerned about. And right. like as a, at your school site, you know, you're concerned about your fifth grade class. And yeah. I know you, you're concerned about the whole fifth grade and yep. below. I know that. But me as a math coach at a school, I'm concerned about the whole school. So there are different stresses in every person's job and every person's job is vital. Totally. My shout out is um I, I don't I don't know who this person is, but she's on Twitter and we follow each other. And I put out, you know, my my daughter's studio does different fundraising activities and one one thing that we do a lot, like twice a year now, I think we're we're we've been doing is popcorn, a popcorn fundraiser. And I tweeted it out and she replied. So her name is Shavela, I think. I think I'm sorry if I'm butchering that. 
Um, but she said, order, thank you for the great math resources you put out. Isn't that so sweet? So sweet. Oh my gosh. I woke up this morning and I saw it and I was so excited. Just oh. a, 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 just beautiful. Uh, gosh, that's another reason why Twitter is just so great, right? Your professional circle expands and you just, just lovely. What a lovely thing. That's what I love about Twitter so much that everybody just supports everybody on it. Yeah, we need more of that. I have a reflection for this week. Um, We have to tell everybody about our upcoming book club a little bit more. Oh, yeah. That's that's probably a good idea. (laughs) I'm thinking, well, it's like mid-February, and we said we were going to start it at the beginning of March. So listeners, if you aren't aware, it's going to be Rough Draft Math by Amanda Jansen, and we will put out a Google form to sign up. Soon. How does that sound? <laughs> Soon. <laughs> it has been madness, right? Why? I, I don't know. I, I I don't know. But anyway, yes, we will put that out, and we are very excited. I'm I'm really really excited to dive into it. I'm putting it on my to do list right now. Same. Well, I have good news from this week that I cannot wait to share with everybody because I know uh, if you've been listening, you've been on this journey with me since. October, where I ordered 16 Figuring Out Fluency books, the Jenny Bay yes. Williams and Giovanni books, and I they came in, they all were written in that our school owned them, and I numbered them, and I said to everybody, okay, you indicated that you know you wanted to become a member of our book club and read this book with me. Do you still want to do it? Do you know that by yesterday, all 16 books were gone. Yay. People have them. And I had my first book club meeting on Wednesday, nine people other than me. So 10, there were 10 of us to discuss just chapter one. And then I had teachers on one grade level email me and say, oh, we can't make it on Wednesday because we have our common planning that day. And I was like, no problem. We could do it on Fridays if you want. So instead of staying and a half an hour later than school, I did it within our after school hours and we were going to meet for 30 minutes. So I had one participant come, another one was absent, another one had to go meet with somebody else. And then I'm not sure what happened with the other person, but so I'm going to have basically two different book clubs running each week for figuring okay. out fluency. I am That's great. stoked. Like, I'm so super excited that I have 16 people on my campus that yes. want to learn this right now. Yes. And that they're putting this, they're adding to their own plates, right? Overfilled plates and yes. and they're adding to it. So bravo to all of them. That's uh, that's awesome. Let's get into this week's topic, episode 99. I still can't believe that. What should planning look like? Now, you and I have had many a conversation (laughs) about planning, but I think the first question I want to ask is, what do you do during your planning time? So it's a complicated question because I think planning, we're, we're always planning for different things and there's so much to plan for. I so I'm having trouble with this, Laura. I really am because there's so many elements. Well, I was just gonna say for our elementary school, we have about a 30 minute quote unquote planning time when your kids go to fine arts, 
And then, oh, yeah, I never planned during that time. Right. Okay, so forget <laughs> that time. That's make your copies, run to the bathroom, call a parent, email, like all yes, the yes. you know, other stuff. And then we have about 40 minutes after car duty, you know, all the kids after dismissal time, about 40 minutes left of our contracted day. Yes. Okay. So what do you do during that time? And again, I also don't plan I know. during that time. <laughs> I was just going to say, make copies, like, have a parent so conference. Right, right. <laughs> like read emails, make sure that you're ready for like trying to get ready for the next day. It's not so I, and and by the end of the day I need like I need a break. So lunch and planning time that I get during the during the day that half hour, I'm not even planning. I'm just oh, like I just need I need it to stop. You know, my lights are off, my room is dark. I'm just like sitting in my darkness because I just need to restart. You're decompressing. An hour schedule is just nuts. We go from eight to twelve thirty. So everything <sighs> everything is compacted into the morning and then the afternoon is is like the the rest of where I can actually breathe, you know. So I'm I am reading emails and I am going through and and just catching up with other with the rest of my team to see how their day went, what's going on, how can we support each other. So it's really, it becomes more about that during the planning time that I have during the day. I do most of my lesson planning. I do it at night at home where I can actually just think. (laughs) Do you know how many listeners we have that are probably nodding their head right alongside with you? Like, yeah, I, I just can't. I can't get it done at school. I, I, I can't. I, I'm no, and, and then I think about all the meetings we have after school, right? right? Like that puts another dent into that 40 minutes of time yeah. that it's not protected. How do we get that time to be protected? I don't think we can. Right. I, I mean, and my issue is, is that it's just not enough, right? So the 30 minutes that you have, because really lunch, lunch, you're not supposed to be planning, right? But I still, I eat my lunch and I read emails. Uh, so that's what we that's, all do. We sit at our right. desk. We have a sandwich or our yogurt right. or our protein bar in one hand and our hand on the mouse, you know, with the other hand. Yeah, totally. So I, there's not enough time to plan for everything. And I, and again, I'm, I do all subjects. So it's not like I'm planning one lesson for twice or three times a day. So I'm also having to think about every, all of it. But I mean, there's different. So if I'm just looking at math, there's different components that I'm planning for, right? So I'm planning for the number sense routine, the building thinking classroom task, the how am I going to collect my data? How am I going to collect my observational notes? Trying to plan on where we're going, where we're where we've been, what I need to go back to. And but you're actual, also you're also reflecting, right? right? On what did I teach? Which kids still need this? lesson, the skill, this concept, you know, everything's going through our mind. Right. And it, because it's not just because I don't lecture. So it's not like I'm standing, I'm planning for what I'm going to say. I'm planning on what things can I present to kids so that they can get to where I want them to get to. Right. Mm -hmm. Like Mm -hmm. the end product or the end goal, I guess. Now, does your school have a common planning time different than your PLC time, different than your team meeting time? Nope. Okay. So at my school, those are three, again, more meetings, right? Three different meetings that take up time. 
And the PLCs, the professional learning communities, that's where, you know, data gets analyzed and, you know, best practices get shared. But most of that happens during common planning time, right? And then team meeting is like, hey, all the housekeeping stuff for your grade level, okay? So first of all, when do we do the learning to do the planning to share with other teachers and then to actually teach the kids. Where, where does all of that happen? I mean, not at school. Not not for me, anyway. So for me, I mean, you and I have done that learning together. And that was at your house, on your dining room table. I mean, countless of times. We've, we've taken out the manipulatives. We've played with them. We've, we've tried to look at it this way and that way and all ways in between and actually solve the problems. And I've done it, I have done it with another colleague of mine. We'll sit and we'll actually go back and forth and we'll, we'll try to do it together. And I feel like that kind of, and it's hard because when you're in a team, so we usually have this year, we're a little bit smaller team. There's six of us, fifth grade teachers. Last year there were eight of us. So usually it's a bigger team. So that makes it hard because eight people trying to figure things out, in in 45 minutes, you're not going to get much done, right? So it's really difficult. So I feel I'm more productive personally when it's more like Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. one-on-one, where it's one other person and me, and then we can just bounce off each other's ideas. I feel like that helps for me. Mm -hmm. And I I think, you know, if you have um, these meetings like my school does, it should occur during PLCs and common planning time. Like that should be the standard for everything because, yeah, you can analyze the data, but then where are you going to go with it? Like, I mean, and that's part of the cycle for PLCs anyway. It's how am I going to modify instruction to best meet the needs of the kids? Like, what did they learn? What didn't they learn? Okay. How are they going to learn it if they haven't? And then what am I going to do if they've already learned it? Like people really, like the general population do not understand the science and art of teaching. Totally. And I think that we also don't spend enough time in what you just said. We we take a lot of time to analyze data and we look at it and we look at it this way and we look at it this way and and we're yeah, it's we're going around in circles, but we don't take enough time saying what what next? What's the next step? You know, right. we have all this information in front of us, but what do you do with it? What do, what is what is the the next thing that you do so that you can use the data to actually guide your instruction. And I don't think enough time is spent on that aspect of it, at least not in my experience. It's just, it's kind of, okay, we've analyzed the data. Good. We did what we had to do. But right. it, it, but but no, because it's it's really supposed to be the next step that that's where that's that's where the magic is supposed to happen, right? So let's say you do the next step of the modifying instruction and you say, okay, these kids need this and these kids need that. Where are you going to find the time yeah. in the regular classroom time to do all of that? Like this yeah, has so been my conundrum right. for 31 years as a teacher. We just there's just not enough time to go through and have the kids really master and understand all of the benchmarks or standards or whatever your state calls them, right? Right. I mean, that's where you really do need small groups to to do that. But it's, yeah, and I, I mean, gotta, there's not even enough time for that. You got to plan for that too. Right. <laughs> right. So, so that's what I mean, right? Planning looks so, it's a, that's a complicated question because 
there's so many different parts to planning. It's not just, I'm not just planning for a lesson. I'm not just planning for a number sense routine that I'm using for a month, right? Like I'm planning for a lot of different things. For me, what has, what has helped is I do have slides for my whole day because I have so much going on. Mm -hmm. So I create a new slide deck for every single day that I'm like at school. Wait, do and, you do you copy the day before yeah. and modify? Yep. So you yep. don't start that's from, exactly what from I do. Scratch. Okay. No. no. So I just take what I've done from the previous day and mm-hmm. and change. So if we've gotten to it, then you know, because of course there are some things where we, there was a fire drill we couldn't get to I, it, right? There's <laughs> there's a kid's nose is bleeding, right? Like I, I there are so many unpredictable things that happen throughout our day that you just you have to roll with the punches. So whatever I have that day that I didn't get to but I still want to get to just goes on to the the next day. That's been really helpful for me because I used to write everything down used to have it on paper and I would lose the paper. I wouldn't have it. I would forget it at home. I would forget it at school, right? I just, it, that wasn't, it didn't work for me. It wasn't good for me. I, this is what I do and it's, it's worked wonderfully. I, you know what? I, I was talking to a coworker of mine because she started doing it as well now after she saw mine and she said, it takes away that like anxiety feeling of what am I doing today? So for both of us, like if it's make it's making coming to work a little easier in the morning because I'm not stressing out of what is it that I'm teaching? What am I doing? Like everything is there and I just need to follow the plan, you know, what I have. But it also allows me to go back into what did I specifically do last year? What did I, because I've done it now for over a year, what Mm -hmm. did I specifically do last year? What did I specifically use? Like maybe a video that I use that I like, that I want to repeat or an example or a task, right? From BTC that I really enjoyed that was really productive or like a slow reveal chart or graph that was amazing that I want to use again. So it allows for that and that works for me. So, okay. I and I there I don't think I could do that because right. I'm a hold apart kind of person. Like I know I need to see and I'm I'm showing Karina a blank yeah. calendar right in front of me. Like I need to see the whole unit or the whole month in front of me and it's not detailed on there but so how do you know if you're just doing a slide deck like when your your unit's going to end. So we have we have our calendar that we do we work on together as a team. Uh so that gives me the the week view and the the oh. the month view. So I do have that. So I follow that I go from that and the, that's the thing that we share together as a team and we're trying to okay. stay within each other, you know, within a few days of each other. But for me personally, yeah, I need to break it down, you know, per per day, so I know. What right? I'm no, doing. I I understand that. I was just yeah thinking there's no way. Okay, I I mean I could do what you do for <laughs> each day. Yes, I could. Now knowing that you also have a a whole unit plan kind of sketched out, right? Yes, yes. And yeah. that's where you just write in pencil because. <laughs> you know, things change or erasable pen and you just, you know, yeah, the, the, the one kid went off the rails today. So there went that, you know, move it on to tomorrow or it's going to happen tomorrow. Or you didn't expect there to be seven kids absent because everyone's got the flu, right? Exactly. (laughs) 
I think when you plan, it looks different year after year. The first year of planning for me was how how do I even teach this? What do I even do? How do I use the manipulatives? How is like what am I going to say? What are, what are the questions that I need to ask? You know, like I that was what was at the forefront for me because I didn't know what the heck I was doing. And then as you go year after year, okay, I know that when it comes to multiplying a whole number by a fraction, which is what we're we've been doing right this week, I'm gonna want to have fraction tiles with me. I'm going to want to have a 10 frame because then I can show the groups of. I'm going to want to have those tools ready and I didn't have to think hard on that. You know what I'm saying? Like I knew those things I needed. So it wasn't an hour to try to investigate which tool I'm going to need for this concept. Right. You're not in survival mode anymore. You're in thriving mode now. Right. Oh, I like that. I coin that. I have all these other tools. How else can I use them? Right? I'm always thinking that. Like that was my post the other day. Howie Wa put up why a negative times a negative is a positive. Mm-hmm. And so I was trying to figure out, okay, so that is algebraic because he had he you know he went to algebra x and y times x and y or a and b times a and b whatever and I was like okay but how could we represent this like visually is there something that I'm using that I could do so then that's the way I, I started thinking well could we use the area model for that and then and I posed that question and a lot of people were like well no I don't think so because how can you have like a negative length and a negative area what does it what would it mean to have a negative area right so like all these questions kind of came up in my mind also what would that mean how could you what have did, a positive area or wait, a negative what did area? people say use like the chips the uh, so that's what the, i the, you know the two color counters yes that's what i said and a number line. I think that that's your best bet because then you can go, you can move um, up and like repeated, right? Repeated groups, more like repeated addition as opposed to an area because how do you have a negative area? I don't think you can. Can you? I don't know. I think that now we're getting into like science. I don't know. I <laughs> can, can, yeah. I don't know. I'm in the elementary world. So middle and high school. No, people- same. Can, can right, we have same. a negative area? <laughs> same. So I. So this was the que- – but again, I feel like because I'm comfortable where I'm at and we haven't – we don't deal with negative numbers. We don't deal with, you know, negative integers. So I don't know – I don't know that part, but I am was trying to make that connection of, well, if I can use area to represent it, could I do it with negative in- – integers, but I think the answer is no. All right. You have to use a different model. Somebody's going to have to let us know. All right. You've been in this for a long time. What has what has worked for you when you plan things or what has been the most helpful? Well, I think just like you, having that quiet time, that quiet space, because I, I can't think when there's other things happening around me. And even if I'm doing planning for a presentation for teachers or for parents or for families, I need that dedicated time as well. So I I think just planning is planning, right? What it all comes back to, I think, though, is not the part of putting it down on paper or in a slideshow, but doing the actual learning. That's what we need to make sure that we're doing as far as planning. So when I think of planning, 
I'm thinking now in year 31 of teaching is learning, not writing it down on the stupid pieces of paper that we need to turn in at the end of the year for compliance purposes and audit purposes and stuff like that. Right. It's, you know, what am I going to be able to learn so that I can be a better facilitator and ask those better questions to kids? Because we all know that whoever does the talking is doing the learning. Yeah. So I want to ask that question to the kids, that good question, so that they start doing the learning. Same with parents, same with families, same with teachers. Right. And you were sharing with me a little bit before, you know, the amount of time that goes into planning for like a math night. It's a lot if you're nodding your head. But tell us more about that, Laura, because I think a lot of people who might be thinking of planning a math night, right? Like mm-hmm. they might not know what, where to even start. So if you're doing, so again, this depends. Are you doing a family math night or a parent training? Like you want to teach the parents how things are going in math. And I've done both and they both take a ton of time to plan. And now at my school, I also have to cut down everything that I plan because everything has to be translated into Spanish at the moment that it's happening. So I've learned in these past three years to cut down the content by half (laughs) so that everything can be translated as well. So that's been an interesting kind of thing that I've had to learn to do at this school which is great, you know, but it's also challenged me to become a a better planner. (laughs) Yeah. But people that come and do PDs at your school or you're offering a PD, listen, we, we, me, I'll just say me and other consultants or professional developers or people that present, we all know that it takes hours upon hours to plan effectively to make that PD that we come in and do, you know, at your school or for your class or whatever for one hour to make it seem so seamless. Right. It could take me anywhere from four to 12 hours to plan a family math night or a parent math night. Because not only am I thinking and the content, but I also have to get the manipulatives and create the games and make sure I have the correct dice and all of these things. Oh, get the sign out sheets, you know, the, you're, you're not yeah. sign out, sign in, the sign in sheets ready. And then all the compliances for title one, make sure I have the agenda and I need the evaluations and all of these things that I don't think, you know, the teacher thinks about when someone comes with a good PD. <laughs> yeah. I'll just say yeah, it like and that. it's the same like <laughs> with good teaching, right? It's all yes. these other things. It's not because it's again, it's it's every day. So it's there's a it's like a one hour presentation every day. Every what day. What are you gonna What are you gonna be doing? And that's just in math. What are you gonna be doing? So again, I don't want to be the one speaking all the time. I don't want to be the one doing all the talking. And what activities are you going to be doing? What what rotations are happening? Yeah, it's a lot. And that all comes back to knowing your standards and knowing yeah. your kids, right? Yeah. Oh, which we've talked about many a time before. All right. We are going to jump into this week's challenge, which people, uh, episode 100 is going to be recorded this week, which means if you have not shared with us your funniest or most memorable teaching moment, whatever time you're listening to, you only have until Wednesday, February 15th, 2023, to fill out that form. And I'm going to make the deadline of 3 p.m. 
Eastern Standard Time. Thanks for joining us. We'd love for you to subscribe to our podcast and give us a five-star review on your favorite podcasting platform. We invite you to join the conversation on Twitter by using the hashtag learningthroughmath. We'd love to hear your feedback. Make sure to tag us at Laura and Karina. It's always a pleasure to talk to you. To you too. Thank you.